Yes, welcome to No Ideas Original Podcast featuring Shanar, Mr. Rob, and Zane. We got a good one for y'all tonight. We got Kixie Jixie that's going to be coming on talking to us about the sneaker game. But before we bring on, let's chat a little bit and catch up. How was your weekend, man? What you, you know, how, how'd your week go, Rob? What you, what you been up to? Well, me, well, I had some good news today, man. I went to transplant for those that know I'm dealing with kidney transplant or kidney disorder. And I'm looking for a donor out there. So if anybody's willing to give up a good kidney, uh, put, put me on your list, man. Now, I have some good news. I'm like 100% A-OK, ready for a transplant. So if that happens, if that call comes in, I'm ready to go for us. So that's the best news I have for this week. Yeah, yeah, I was happy to hear that. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. What's up with you, Dane? What you been up to? Not much, man. Just, you know, I heard they got that, that, that new strain or other strains going on with this COVID stuff. So I've just been kind of just laying low, uh, drinking some elderberry, uh, some ginger tea, drinking a lot of water, uh, splash with lemon and lime. And uh, you know what I'm saying, just working on cardio, just trying to sweat, sweat as much as possible, get you know, get the germs out of my out of my system and all. But besides that, man, I mean everything's good, man. And uh yeah, man, shout out to Rob though for the, the good news that Rob just 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 let everybody know right there. Um definitely, definitely. It's gonna work out, brother. Yo, Zane, when you mentioned cardio, you know it's my one of my one of my favorite videos that you have posted on your Instagram, right? What? Remember the joint where you was going jogging and you had on the Tim's? <laughs> oh yeah, fifteen second uh, Tim job help. Yo, Zane was like, "Yo, I'm going. I decided to go running today," and he, you seen like a full body shot of him, and he had yeah. instructions. I was like, "He ain't going." That's that jailhouse run, son. It was like about what twelve seconds or something, something like that. Yo, we being, being generous. It was like ten seconds, and he just stopped. Yo, you heard yeah. the video go on. We started back. swelling up and all that type of stuff, bro. But you know what though? It's funny because when I did do that um, last year, I think early last year, spring, early summer, whatever it was, that made me want to start working out even more. Cause I was just like, cause that, around that time I was eating like a lot of fried food, especially fried chicken, fried fish, fried shrimp. And I said, you know what? I got to drink a heck of a lot more water. So around that time, like, cause when I got in the house, like even though I was like playing around doing my little brief flu jog, yo, my damn legs was hurting, yo. You wasn't playing? You wasn't playing? <laughs> you, wasn't huh? playing. You, you, got, you got a lot? You know what I'm saying? So then I started drinking like a half a gallon of water of, of water a day. And I said, and then ever since then, I just started, you know, feeling, I, I didn't feel too fatigued anymore. You know, just regular cardio and stuff like that. Getting living, heart rate in, up. living in D.C., do you eat out a lot? Well, I live in the D.C. metropolitan area. I live in College Park. Um, right, right there, yeah, so you can go get yeah, some. Yeah, yeah, I'm right on the borderline, like five, literally five minutes down the street, I'm in D.C. But, um, I, man, I mean, it's it's... It's so many, it's so much temptation, bro. You got like, okay, I live, I live like, yeah, I live like a minute, 30 seconds away from University of Maryland, right? So you got a thousand and one pizza spots. Chick fil A. Nah, yeah, Chick fil A. You got, um, I mean, literally, it's like yeah. 15 pizza spots, different joints. Yes, sir. Then you got, uh, just, just, just a lot of carry out. You know what I'm saying? It's a college town, so it's a lot of, a lot of carry out, man. But um, they do have a, uh, what's it called? Um, New Vegan. They have new, they have New Vegan Cafe, and they got this other spot called, um, I think it's called Smart Fresh or something like that. Yeah, it's like a spot, like, like no, it's, it's like a real leafy spot where people go order salads and all that other good stuff. 
That's the and, DMV. Um, that's the DMV franchise down here. Okay. Yo, yeah. so so here's here's something that we wanna we wanna promote real quick. Like you know, from last last week's episode, we were inspired when we had UFO Apparel when we were talking about their um their hoodies. And one of the things we want to do as a podcast is we want to give an opportunity for entrepreneurs to promote their product free of charge to come on and and maybe talk for five or ten minutes about what inspired them, where their product can be found. So we decided that we're gonna we're gonna open up the floor. We're gonna have a show at the end of February where we do nothing but showcase entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. You'll see on the screen we have our emails, no ideas original podcast at gmail, where you can hit us up and let us know if you if you're interested. If you're interested, you come on, you talk about the product, you talk about how people can get it, we'll ask you a couple of questions, you can plug whatever you have going on free of charge. We just want to have the opportunity to use our platform to bring awareness to different business ventures that people are trying to create. And Zane had another dope idea also. Zane, you want to share? Nah, go ahead, brother. Well, what we're going to do is tomorrow we're going to put a post up on our Instagram talking more about this and we're going to ask people to tag, tag in folks that you will want us to highlight as entrepreneurs so that way we can start compiling and putting them together and we can have a complete list in terms of when we do the show. So we're shooting to have the show the end of February. So if you know an entrepreneur, you're an entrepreneur yourself, this is a good opportunity for you to get some exposure. Rob, you want to add anything? No, actually, I've, I've reached out to a couple of guys that I would love to have on the show, man. One, one of them is my boy, my buddy, uh, uh, Gritty Tracks. His name is Jamal, but we call him Gritty Tracks. Another gentleman by the name of Joey. I grew up with him. He's responsible for the Bronx Red T-shirt, a sweatshirt you might see me wear. Um, and there's a couple other guys that and, um, that we can we can bring to this platform and kind of promote what they got going on. So I'm looking forward to that. That's gonna be kind of fun. Nice. What's up, Brian? How you doing, man? Thanks for pulling up tonight. So yeah, so the email is no ideas original podcast at gmail. Please, please, please feel free. Hit us up. Let us know if you're an entrepreneur, if you know somebody who's an entrepreneur, because we do want to make sure that we provide exposure to our entrepreneurs. So without further ado, let's get to the show tonight. So tonight we have, we're fortunate enough to have a sneaker aficionado, a, a true sneakerhead, a female sneakerhead. Fix your face. Pixie Jixie. How about that? What's up, baby girl? Greetings, greetings. Thank you so much for having me. I am so humbled to be on your show and to be part of your creative. I'm very, very thankful that you guys reached out to me and even would consider me. So I am always so grateful and humbled to to speak to you guys about sneakers, my favorite. (laughs) Yeah, so you know, so look, I've, I've been I've watched, I've watched the Instagram for quite some time. I'm on Clubhouse also, so I've been in some of the discussions that um, that you participate in. Awesome. In and, and I like your contribution. I think it's the um, Walk Like Us. Yeah. That's the one, yeah. So I, I you know, I, I love your contribution to the sneaker game. Let me, um, let's start with this. Tell us how you got into sneakers. And then here's my million dollar question that I'm gonna go with right out the gate that all sneaker heads would know about. Tell us about well, if you've ever got a W in the Nike sneaker app, or, and if you have, what's the biggest W you've ever got for which sneaker? Um, okay, so I got into sneakers at a very young age. I was about maybe like five or six years old. My parents were very young and were from Brooklyn. And 
They were part of like the hip hop culture. My dad was a young DJ. He was just starting to spin from disco. He was going into hip hop and um, he was into the whole Adidas Puma lifestyle. So I naturally gravitated to what he was into. And I grew up uh, buying sneakers with him, um, learning how to clean my sneakers, went to rock certain sneakers, Easter sneakers. It's always been a part of my, my household thing. And sneakers app, I am a consistent W. I'm one of the rare ones. Wow. I'm so sorry. I hate to I hate to be the one out there like that. Um, you know, I have some tips for people. Like I don't only just buy sneakers on the sneakers app. I buy socks, I buy apparel, I buy coats. Um, I wear a lot of Nike pieces. Um, I participate a lot whenever there's a um, do you like this or that? You know, I play in the app a lot. I update my apps a lot. So, um, Sean Witherspoon's, um, OVOs. You got um, all of the, all for the sneaker app? Yeah. Wow. Um, Fear Gods. I got like three pairs. <laughs> um, wow. let me, let me have you caught a pair of off-whites off the sneaker app? Yes, I have. I have like two pairs. I have a fives and I have a Vapor Max. Um, I caught the Vapor Max. Um, mochas, just Jordan ones. A lot of Jordan ones that people love. Um, quite a few, you know. And it's it's because you know I'm a real Nike. I'm a real. I'm a Nike head. So I'm I'm constantly rocking. You know, I'm constantly uh, buying off of the app. So I would say, you know, if you're just going on just to do raffles and Stuff like that, you already wrong. You already doing wrong. So yeah. you get know, yourself, get your weight up in the app. You know, sorry about L. You know, I used to cook on when I don't even know if they still they still do it because I I haven't done it in a while. But the Foot Locker app, when Foot Locker was doing the reservation, you had to do the check in and all that stuff. Oh my God! Like every I used to do the early check in by going to the physical Foot Locker and getting my extra minutes. Yep, me too. I used to do it, and I got I got everything probably. I, I want to say every shoot I released every Saturday for probably like ten straight weeks. I was buying so many sneakers from them. Out of, it got to a point where I was like, I'm never gonna wear these. I That's don't how I got most of my Yeezys. So most of my V twos I got mm-hmm. I got from Foot Locker doing that app like that. Me yep, me too. Mm-hmm. So what's, what's what's your favorite sneaker? I I always tell oh, people. Uh, all time like wait, if that, i can wait. answer that question i wouldn't be a collector of the magnitude that i am what i could say is i have like top 10 silhouettes you know like i have some silhouettes of all time but i can't narrow them down to colorways so like a reebok freestyle high of 5411 i'm always going to give that sneaker its props for making me a sneaker collector because when i was a kid i i asked my mom for a pair and she asked me what color and immediately I just color. saw. They had every color. I remember back in the day, 54 So in my head, I saw every color. And I was like, all of them. I want all. And she was like, well, start with one. So <laughs> a Reebok 5411, definitely it. A Diodora and 9000, um, I love. Yeah, um, I love Jordan 5s. That's really my shit, Jordan 15s. Um, I love Agassiz. So I love like Air Tech uh-huh. Challenge 2. I love Reebok Sean Kemp's, so I love Kamikazes. Mm-hmm. Um, so what about the black top? Lindos was nice. I like the Yvonne Lindos back in the Agassiz days. 
Mm-hmm. Those were dope. Um, uh, I give props to foam posits. I'm a big foam lover. Um, foams, I don't care who still likes them, who doesn't. I'm always going to give props to foams. Air Max, um, 97s and 95s in that order. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm real big on Air Max. When it comes up to Adidas, I love like Jeremy Scott's. That's one of my favorite collections of all times. Um, I love that. Uh, New Balance, I like 1500s and 1600s. So those uh, sneakers that I like. So I'm I'm eclectic. Um, Reblock Club C's, I love Club C's. So I'm very eclectic. I can't live without any of those models. And Bo Jackson's, add some bows to that because I love me some trainers. So. <laughs> Those are like my top, and that's all I can narrow it down to. I can't live without each of those. Those are those are selections, though. Is it? Oh, well, yeah, sure. Is it, is, Tell it, me. is it taboo for me to ask you how many sneakers you got? Whew. I'm in the four-digit club, um, <laughs> and it's and it is not it's not glamorous, you know. And that's the one thing I want to put out there, like. First of all, I come from an era where you don't tell people what you got because, and I still struggle with that. You know, that's something that I haven't always been, like sometimes I I think I can come off awkward sometimes. And I think now I'm very defined, I think in the sneaker community, but I think I would come off awkward sometimes because people would ask me questions about my sneaker game, how many, you know, where I'm from, where I live. And it's just like, Ooh, you're so personal. Like I grew up in an era where you don't tell people how many sneakers you have. You don't tell people right. what you have because they come and get you for it. Yeah, and right. um, so that's why it's like, it took me a long time to kind of settle into that. And I also don't like to make people feel, you know, I don't like to feel superior. I don't want to be, be superior to others and make people think you need quantity to be a sneaker lover because that's just my journey. Mm-hmm. And then, I also had a lot of sneakers that were given to me by my mother because my mother was into this, my mother. And it wasn't on um, purpose, you know, she she was frugal. And she was like, you know what? I'm not gonna wear these, so I'm gonna save them for when my daughter gets older. And it just so happens that at the time, my mother is my size now. Wow. So there's a lot that I, that I inherited, but it hasn't been glamorous. Like moving around with sneakers is, you know, having deterioration, having to go through your collection, having to invest in um, air quality, you know, yeah. temperature control, um, dehumidifying, yeah. you know, having to live around so many sneakers, right? Is it freaking even healthy? That's, I'm trying to figure that out now if I did some kind of detriment to myself yeah. with all these plastic and boxes around me. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, it, it's, it's something that I don't like to boast about, but is something that I've done to myself. And my friends have this joke um, in Sex in the City that was this joke about Carrie having so many clothes mm-hmm. that she had sne- uh, sweaters in the oven. That's where she had to put them. So my nickname is Sneakers in the Oven. So my friends be like, that's the last place you have to put them is in the oven. Yeah, I think for a collector too, like a lot of times like people confuse. To me, it's more about quality. Like there are people who have collections that's not as large but the collection they have is like they just have like really nice pieces, you know. And the other thing, I learned a lesson with that also before. Like I, when I first moved from New York to Connecticut, I put several sneakers, like a fool, in storage and left them there for a period of time. When I finally got them out of storage, the heels was coming off, the shoes, um, they were riding. Yeah, I have a storage and I keep most of my... I, so I rotate sneakers by season. I don't wear the same sneakers in the winter that I do in the summer. So a lot of runners, I save them for the summer. A lot of 
high top, Jordan 2s, you know, things that are very bulky. I save them, U-wings, I save them for the winter. So I rotate them, but even my storage, temperature controlled, I have dehumidifiers. I really learned at a young age how to take care of my sneakers. I give my sneakers like coconut rubs. So I, I put coconut oil on my sneakers to condition the leather. Yeah. So we need a that's book. what I mean. Like this, this, we, we need this, a book, life, baby. this lifestyle ain't for everybody. So we need, we need a book from you, man. I see a book, <laughs> how to keep a pair of kicks, yo. Yo, and it's crazy because I have sneakers that like, I have like 1990s sneakers, you know, I have very old sneakers that wow. are still in tip top condition. And it's just because of the care that I've given them throughout the years. Yeah. That's it. Tell me, were you able to uh, participate in anything like SneakerCon or anything that Complex had going on as far as like, you know, the buy, sell, the trade um, Events? Expo? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I've throughout, you know, like the last 10 years, maybe 12 years have been involved in just so much, you know, I think like, I'm going to say 15 to 17 years ago, I did the Funk Flex sneaker battle. Uh, it was a car show and sneaker battle that Funk Flex used to do. I, I believe I'm the only girl that ever did that battle. And um i did it a long time i did it when he used to just pop your trunk open and have mad sneakers out there like it was like one of his first ones i believe um i did that like that's when i started like i've been very active in the raw culture in the streets in new york like i've always been a part of um certain events um i displayed sneakers at soul exchange so i had like a whole women's table um also for clark Kent's um soul expo in long island nice. i I was the only woman displaying, I mean, amongst some amazing men. You have Premium Pete, Sneaker Sensei, and you have Kixie Jixie. And it's like, what the hell is this girl about? And Clark came up to me and he was like, if this was an actual sneaker competition for a table, you would have won. Yeah. And he was like, because your versatility was just insane. And all I did was hit him with women's sneakers on that table. So it was, I didn't have a men's pair, male pair sneakers on that table at all. It was just, most of it was like sneaker wedges and just things that wow. you just normally don't see, but the quality of them are A1. Yeah. Now, are you, are, I want to I do a piggyback question. Now, yeah. uh, now you know, being, shout out to uh, Clark Kent, uh, original sneakerhead for back of the day. Um, now, uh, who would you say from... First, second, and third is the biggest sneaker head out of these three. Clark Kent, Mayor, or Ben Baller? Mayor. <laughs> I'm gonna say Clark Kent, because we Brooklyn all day. Um, we keeping in Brooklyn. Um, Clark Kent, um, before everybody knew about Clark Kent, you know, like in terms of in the sneaker world, I used to see stores holding sneakers, pairs for Clark Kent with his name mm -hmm. on the boxes. Oh. And I knew he was either a size 12 or 13. I can't remember right now, but he's a size 12 or 13. And that's what I used to see on the boxes because I've always been privileged to behind uh -huh. the, the register. And I remember and I used to be like, who's this? You know, and I, I, I didn't think that it was the DJ. So I'm like, who's this Clark Kent do that? And they will be holding fire for him all the time. Yeah, and so. I'm like, who is this that just gets his sneakers held for him? Like, who is this? And and this was more than 15 years ago so we talking about a long time so to me 
you know, he's somebody that's like been doing this for a long time. Mayor's the first one that commercialized it, in my opinion. So he came out in the village voice as a sneaker head, as somebody in a lot of pairs of sneakers, as having thousands of sneakers. He put that on the map in terms of commercializing the success of sneakers. What was that, like 2007, 2008, he came out in the village voice. Mm -hmm. So I would credit him for that. Ben Baller has been part of the culture right in terms of creating jewelry in terms of being part of the hip-hop lifestyle but in terms of a core like sneaker person i will probably put fab there because i will put fab there i will put fab in there because i know fab like i remember fab from brooklyn before his mainstream days this was fab right here where is it this this is what I remember. Fab in 95 and 95s, you know? So it's like, even till this day, he wears the most amazing fits with his sneakers. He's still very active. So I would really put him there and not just because he's from Brooklyn, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know you keep it in Brooklyn with me. I've been, all day. Look, all day. I've been around sneakers for a long time. And when I was a kid, I've watched the evolution of the sneaker business, right? So when I was a kid, if you wanted a pair of Jordans, it was just about affordability. Can your parents afford to buy you a pair of Jordans? Right. But now it's sort of evolved to where they understand supply and demand. So they've sh- they sh- they literally shrunk how many pairs are available and the demand is through the roof. I'm just wondering like, what's your opinion on that? And what do you think about resellers? Resellers on an individual level and resellers as large as StockX? So, when it comes up to like me, I consider myself, I'm a sneaker historian. I'm a culturalist. I deep dive into the culture of sneakers, trends in sneakers, design, technology, sports of sneakers. Probably one of the only women who really can do that based on life experience. Cause I, you know, I used to steal my brother warm up suits in the nineties, you know, to match my sneakers. Like I've, I seen who was winning in order to cop. I was there watching the last shot. I already knew that sneaker was going to be legit. So it's like, I've really deep dived throughout these years. Um, when it comes up to, uh, resellers, I wouldn't have half of my collection if it wasn't for establishing relationships with them. So what that means is that you don't just holla at somebody when you want a pair of sneakers, you know, you say, yo, I got these sneakers. You want to take them? Next one, you giving me them at retail. You heard? So it's like building those relationships and people just think that you got a plug. No, you don't have a plug. You got to give and take. And I kind of always feel like it's kind of always been like that. If you want some exclusivity, because I remember like, just because I, I, how do I wear this? Because I don't want to ever come off cocky, but I was always like, in 2000, I was buying Asian exclusives. I was already buying exclusives before then, so I was in that market. But you would know certain resellers who would have those pieces. Like, you would know who has a PE. You would know who has certain things. The first reseller in New York, to me, was Sneaker Pimp. That was his name. Sneaker Pimp was before the actual event with the name Sneaker Pimps. His name is Sneaker Joe. Sneaker Pimp used to go up in Def Jam, Rockefeller with his trunk full of Air Force Ones. He kind of created that lifestyle. He also used to get a lot of the PEs. So everybody who has a strong PE game in New York, he used to get them from the Midwest somewhere and bring them out to New York. And we would have like a culture of these sneakers running around. 
but even more so you can only find them on like the nike forum the iss talk so that's the only place that you would be able to meet up and figure out who's reselling so it wasn't like an open forum so i don't have any negative to say about resellers they're part of the culture a lot of people think negatively and think that they're ruining it they're not ruining it it's the brands why the brands study us like roaches so the brands understand who's gunning for what who wants what and the brands have kind of like a system they blog about it first they let everybody know this is coming out they know all the micro blogs are just going to take that disperse the information then they know the influencers are going to take that i need that i post that they know where it travels through in the web so they essentially know how many people want it they don't make the supply for to meet the demand so we can't blame the resellers who like any kind of you know people resell cars you know used cars people resell a lot of different things we can't blame them so now when we're talking about on the corporate level when you have the flight clubs the stadium goods yeah they once were ruining the culture right because they were the, they were setting the price for the high but when StockX came into place and marketplaces came into place and now the consumer is paying what they're willing to pay for the sneakers that kind of changed the game so i don't see anything negative about it i just think you as an individual if you love sneakers it's your job to build your connection i'm a by any means necessary type of sneaker collector like if i want something i'm gonna get it and i'm gonna get it for the price i want to pay and sometimes it's not retail but you're not gonna rate me for it because i feel like i've put enough time in to build connections to get what i want yeah let me let me say this in terms of in terms of resellers so i, I think that um what i love about resellers is because i've seen like a lot of young kids make good money off of reselling and i think that I, and to me it's like that's the, the entrepreneurial spirit of giving kids opportunity to make some um some bread in terms of um like the bots in the back door and stuff like i've used the bot before but i've never used the bot on the magnitude of there are people who use bots i like bots. you get 70 80 pairs of the shoes the only time that yeah. reselling gets crazy for me and i i agree with you saying with StockX because that's a fair market you decide what you want to pay but reselling gets crazy for me when you have kids that they don't have the finances that some of us have to get those shoes and then you have certain resellers at the price point is like $800 on the shoe that retails for $220. That $220 may have been steep for the parent to begin with. Then when you're talking about $800, you've, you've just priced them out of the game. So when you start talking about a bot and you get a couple of pairs, yeah, but if you're getting 50, 60 pairs, then I'm like, all right, they had, you know, there should be some kind of balance to it. Look, if you could get 50, 60 pairs off of a bot, you pay 10,000 for that bot, straight yeah. up. So it's like, if you, I believe in you gotta invest money to make money. So if you the person like, and I taught this, you know, to, to my youngins, right? To my nephews and shit. It's like, if you have, uh, a, if you buy a sneaker and the sneaker is, came out at $200, but you're gonna pay 400 for that sneaker. Buy the second one at 400 because you know the price of it is going up, so it could pay for your first sneaker. Mm -hmm. Like, you gotta be smart, you know, but you also have to invest. If this is something that you wanna do, me, I think a lot of my sneakers paid for them damn selves because I always, I didn't intentionally do this to sell. I always bought a double, I always bought doubles. Mm -hmm. Once I accumulated too many sneakers, I know that doubles, I had to stop that because I wasn't even getting in the first pair. So I have a friend of mine who she wear she wore the same sneaker size to the T exactly. So she would buy all my doubles at, at retail price just because I I knew honestly and wholeheartedly I have enough sneakers deteriorating on me daily 
for me not to have a double of anything except maybe like a cement three maybe a black cement three i, I could do double that's how it's my favorite shoe um i didn't wear threes for a long time because um i when i was younger i got in trouble in a pair of threes and i i ta i labeled it my my bad luck sneaker so i didn't wear it for a while but then when i put it on again like it took me like 15 years to throw it on i didn't wear one till like two years ago then i was like i need another one yeah i forgot the love for it mm -hmm. two questions sure what what makes an exclusive a second what and the second okay. question sorry for the pause what where, where is the state of female uh of female sneaker culture right now Geez, those are good ones and they're hard. Um, what makes an exclusive? Sometimes, I mean, there's the common definition of the exclusive, right? So limited, rare, right? So that's always what the definition has meant is that the sneaker is very limited. It's very rare. What type of exclusive is different, right? You have exclusive by geography, only comes out in China, Japan, here. You have exclusives in comes out all over the world, but in number, you have exclusive in material. So it's depending on what kind of exclusive we're talking about. Um, that's what makes it exclusive to me. So where it comes out, how many pairs, all of the differences that you have with sneakers. Um, to me though, for my definition of it, exclusive is something that I can't get again. Um, and there's a few sneakers that I would never be able to find again. And to me, that's what makes it so exclusive to me. And if I can't find the sneaker again, that it's non-existent because I'm like a hawk out there. I find it in the most, I, I scour the world for some of these pieces. So let me but, um, you, you got a pair, you got a pair of black, black and white spot belts in, in your collection? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't, I definitely don't. But you know who might? Classic Kenny. Classic Kenny State, all of that, and I got it. And when he when he finds those pieces, I gotta hear about it for a while. So shout yeah. out to Kenny. I love him and I love his heart for for those types of of pieces. Um, the state of the female sneaker culture. I'm very excited for where we're going. I'm excited for true unity. I'm excited for women who who really love sneakers who really want to build are very welcoming to the young ones who's coming in here who want to learn more um you know one of the things i never want to do is alienate them for not having a million pairs alienate them for not knowing a lot you know i come from wanting to always empower women you know i've dedicated a lot of my life's work to um building plus size women in the community i'm an advocate for it i create content for it you know, it's a lot of women in the sneaker community are plus size. That's a big reason you lean more towards sneakers because you always find your size in it as opposed to fashion. Or as opposed to fashion where clothing, historically, we haven't had much made for us. So it's like that's been my life work, but I'm really excited for the future. We've had a lot of hiccups in the past. We've had a lot of, to fight like anything with women we've had to fight for our position in this you know we it's it's not only until a few years ago men even knew that we knew how to talk about sneakers you know but we always been in the building and we've always been contributors to this culture and that's something that you know i want to make sure that the world understands even if they didn't know women like sneakers guess what your mamas was buying you sneakers 
Let me tell you something. I used, be, I used to be a little jealous of girl sneakers because they always had the flyest color. Let me tell you the one thing like everybody has from coming from the hood, and I'll ask the three of you, that your um, guardians ever teach you, your mamas, your aunts, your grandmothers, to keep your shoes clean. Of course. That's right. That's right. Right. That's something that comes. The, the emphasis on the feet is something that comes from our cultures. You know, that's something that comes from where we from. That's something, even if we didn't have nothing, our families always wanted us to represent ourselves with clean feet. My yep. mother always told me the first thing a woman gonna look at is your it's hand true. and your feet. Tell us about uh, your, your company, in, in, her, in Her Souls Collective. So I co-founded a collective um, with my friend, my business partner, my half a brain um, on Instagram, Ojiaya. Um, she is an expert in marketing and just experiential production. She's a producer. She's so many things. And I come from a different world of just business strategy, business um, consulting, brand building. And together, um, we created something that was just organic. And we wanted to educate women on sneaker culture, sneaker history, and also we want to fill this void where we leave a legacy behind for the next 200 generations to see where this culture came from, where it started from. So we create content, we uh, put together productions, activations, you know, different things um, based on what our mood is, what our vibe is in sneakers right now. We actually have something that we're working on. Um, it started last year. We have an online, it's a digital capsule, it's a time capsule. And it's for Air Max month. So what we do is um, you'll see the content go up for it, asking for people to submit videos. So basically you submit a video with your favorite Air Max. Why, it's your fair, why is it your favorite Air Max? You speak a little bit about the history and what you want the future to know about that Air Max. So that is going to live on our website and every year it's gonna open up on Air Max month. So people can go look at it, people can go um, nostalgic and see what everybody has and, and what's the sneaker that they love, the Air Max. But the purpose of it is to leave a digital capsule to see where we're at in this space and time for the next 10, 20 years. Nice, nice. You know, we got a pretty decent collection too, Fat Joe. Fat Joe has- Fat Joe to me has, Fat Joe has one of the most amazing collections. Mm -hmm. Fat Joe has pieces that people don't even understand what they are. Cause Fat Joe's been doing this for, let's see. Fat Joe has a Air Force One Kobe's. Fat Joe has Mike Bibby Air Force One, Team Dime Air Force One. Fat Joe has a big PE game from early 2000s, if I believe, I remember. Fat Joe has one of the most respected collections for people who really, really understand. I put Fat Joe above Khaled. Yeah, yeah, well, no. Fat, Fat, Joe, Fat, Fat Joe has his own addition to Jordans, correct? Fat Joe. He definitely does, but the impressive pieces are his, I want to say before 2005. Those PEs he got, right? So before 2005, what he was doing at that time, like the Air Force One with the kanjis, um, you know, the Japanese versions, all the different Asian exclusives. That's something that you can't replicate it till this day. 
Fab has a few of those pieces and you know the Lux Crocodile Air Force Ones at the time we weren't big on Jordans like now an exclusive Jordans you didn't have many before 2005 mm -hmm. so the sneaker that was rare that they did a lot of exclusives were like Air Force Ones Air Max um, items like that so that's why if you collected those you know we was on the vape wave by 2005 so we were wearing beepsters so it's like, you know, we went through a lot of trends, but I really respect his collection. Yeah. What do you think attributed to, when, well, I know what it is, the culture, but how how did that shift come where these sneaker companies started to realize that it was no longer about making a shoe that performed well on the court, but it became more about making a shoe that performance on court was important, but lifestyle was also important. When, when did that, how did that come about? I think once they saw that performance was not selling in the streets, it wasn't in the lifestyle. And when you can visibly see it online, you don't see people swagging in their daily fit pics and performance sneakers. <laughs> so it became what they can see. And I think that the numbers and what they can visibly see turned it into a, a big game of just creating for lifestyle. Yeah. And then the other thing I would say also is like, what's your take on designer sneakers? Because you see like, um, to me, like the, the first designer sneaker I think to really take off, and I don't even know if you would call it a designer sneaker at this point, is Prada sneakers were like all purpose. You see people with Prada sneakers at a job interview, at the <laughs> <laughs> That's the hood dudes, that's the hood dudes job interviews too. So if you a hood dude or you just came home and you're trying to get a job, you know, you're gonna get a Prada shoe. If you go to graduation, you're wearing a Prada shoe. Mm -hmm. If you're going to prom, you had a Prada shoe on. Yeah. Or if you was on the block trying to stunt, you had a Prada shoe on. So it was like... All purpose. Prada shoes were definitely all purpose. Um, I think that high fashion takes from sportswear and sportswear takes from high fashion. It's a give and take back and forth. Because if we remember back in the day, like with Reebok, when they did the Sean Carters, that was the Gucci sneaker. Yep. So, you know, they used to go back and forth with it. And, you know, present day, right? There are some very dope designers, like the Versace 2 chain. Mm -hmm. That chain sole is innovative. That chain sole is different. That's a game changer. It should show these sportswear brands to fuck up some soles, right? Exactly. You would think that they would learn. Adidas is doing good with the 4D, uh, with the Futurecraft soles, the 4D soles. But you would think that these brands would learn. They made a whole chain of a sole and it looks fire. They should start playing with the soles more besides these stupid white soles that they're making for everything. Yeah. But um, I think that designers lend, they give a good voice and back and forth. But what I am not about is the Louis Vuitton foam posit that's floating around. Did you see Virgil Abloh's cop of foam for the Louis? <laughs> no, I didn't, I didn't see those, but I think, you, you know, I, don't, I think Kanye that's was trying to the line. I think Kanye was trying to marry high fashion and he borrowed some high fashion stuff when he was, um like, even when the, when the, um, the, the 700s, when he first put out, like, the, those 700s, people you know were looking at like, no. From the hook, we have always done that, right? We've always wore Iceberg, Dolce Gabbana, and do it on with some Nikes. Like, it's always been a part of of the love, right? They're like cousins, you know? So you got high fashion and sneakers cousins at this point. That's why they're doing so much work to merge them, right? To make a, a, a Dior one, to make all of these collaborations, you know? It's because they know that we're related in some way. What's the crazy, what's the craziest thing you've done to get that sneaker, like that sneaker. 
Um, what haven't I done? Um, let's see. Um, I've flown to Paris. Uh, I flew what, to Japan. What shoe? What shoe I flew, from Paris? Um, from Paris, I went to Colette to pick up the Married to the Mob Colette Reebok 5411. I'm a big 5411 hat. Um, you got that behind you? No, I have to pull it out of a whole box. What I have behind me is just well, this is what lives there normally because a lot of the time, like, um, these would have oxidized if they're in a box or anything. Like, these would have already, these are OG violets. Like, they would have turned already. Like, look at the condition. They're great. They would have turned already if they were not in, um, if they were not out. So, some sneakers that need to live out and get air. Right. Um, I'm gonna leave them out getting all the air but um I think that was crazy um I used to go to Japan like every year to look for um certain Asian exclusives that only lived over there there was a certain point where Japan only had how do I explain this they had exclusive rights to make a lot of Air Max and they mm -hmm. sold them over there so they would be like how we have China exclusives now but only in Japan um I've stepped out in the middle of a riot to run in a store when I won a sneaker. Um, Kif, Kif, they that was throwing punches and cops and everything, and you see me there jumping through, going under. People were grabbing my hands. I felt like people were trying to take the bags, and I'm just deep going. Um, I almost got robbed for the Nerf KD4 Nerfs. Um, I was the only girl to pull out a few pairs on that line, and I almost got robbed at gunpoint in the back of the car in the back of my car for it um there's been a lot of things that i i've done you know for sneakers you know for, even from like a young age from a kid right. in the 90s i mean the craziest thing is i used to take the train in the 90s right which was not good in new york from no. brooklyn all the way to like yonkers and I was a kid, you know, 11, 12 years old, headphones. First of all, a yellow Walkman, you was a hit with the sports Walkman. You was already looking like a lick. And I used to wear the big door knockers and mad jewelry and polo. And I'm a kid and I'm going up there like, like I was untouchable. That's and the Brooklyn in you. That's the Brooklyn in me, but it was also just this air spirit that I have that is just like, you know, I, I love the sneakers so much, so it's just not about anything but the shoes. So I would travel around the city copping sneakers and that was just so dangerous because you can't walk around, first of all, looking like a lick and then with a, a bag of sneakers, you was just like yeah, you food. Was a, so. You was a super lick right there. <laughs> so, you know, to me that in itself and the fact that I was all over the place in the 90s like that, looking for sneakers all over, all over the city, the boroughs was just insane. Yeah. When you held up your shoe I, just now, I saw something that I appreciated. I seen the dirt on the bottom that you actually wear your shoes. Oh, there's there's <laughs> not a pair of shoes. Like I'm the type that when it comes in the door, it's on my foot because I'm so hyped. Like I can't, <laughs> I can't. Yeah. Get so people, and you know what kills me? People have this notion that collectors, and I don't know where that comes from. Collectors don't wear their shit. Mm -hmm. I can understand how people would feel like that if you are a reseller, right? You're you're buying them to flip them. But I think as a collector, right, the whole point is to enjoy your your, yep. your footwear. Exactly. And me, I I have a I have like I think four pairs DS right now because mm. this whole pandemic since I've been home, since I've been closer to my sneakers, because one thing I realized is like. I accumulate and I don't look at them. 
I accumulate, accumulate, I wear them, I wear them, and I don't look at them, and I just keep accumulating. So one of the things is I made a rule for myself. If one comes in, one goes out. That's, That's fine. Final. Final. One goes in, one, like, I don't have no business having beaters. Just because I having so many at this point, yeah, it's like, just beat all of them up, you know, make them all beaters at some point, because, you know, that's just what you buy them for. Exactly. That's Tell good. me how important the uh, Air Force One was an influence on you. So me, I personally, I'm from Brooklyn, like I must say a hundred times, we weren't big on Air Force Ones. So in Brooklyn, at the time that the Air Force Ones were lit, that was in Uptown Manhattan oh. and the Bronx. That's why they call Uptowns in New York, because that's geographically, that's where you used to wear them at and everybody will wear them up there. It was mobs of them. So in Brooklyn, at the time they were wearing Air Force Ones, we were heavy on Air Max. So for us, 95s was our Air Force Ones. So it's like at the time that they were wearing that, you would know, oh, that's a, a Harlem person. And then Brooklyn, you would see them in Air Max 95s. So when I started to, and I'm gonna tell you guys this, which I just had this revelation the other day on Clubhouse. I've never worn a pair of all white Air Force Ones. Get out of here, wow. Out of all the sneakers I have, I've never, I have Air Force Ones, like I have a pair of bespoke ones that I made 2010, something like that, long time ago. But I have like Asian exclusives. I have some uh, Ricardo Tishis, Air Force Ones. Like I have a lot of collaboration Air Force Ones. Mm -hmm. I've never worn an all white pair and I'll never wear an all black pair. Never, ne that's never. blasphemy. That's, that's criminal activity, committing <laughs> crime. Now my second question is, um, have you ever let go a pair of sneakers that you wish you could have got what and you try to get them back and couldn't and couldn't get it? Was it like a you know a, a very rare piece that you just couldn't get Speaker back? Remorse is is big in my life. So it's a it's a constant theme. I had a pair of sneakers in my hand once and, and they it was brand new desktop stock and they just wanted to get rid of it and they said, Give me forty dollars for that sneaker. And I was just being cheap. I was like I was like, you know what? I, I really don't like this sneaker like that. Like, I didn't care for the sneaker, but I wanted the sneaker, right? So when Prodigy passed away, I never was so upset in my life because he had a Supra, a Prodigy Supra mm. that I never, that I passed up for $40. And you, you can't find that sneaker. And it was just like, it was just the fact that I really love collaborations between hip hop artists and sneakers because I love hip hop. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I like to collect, you know, that's why I like, you know, the OVOs. I like all the Ewing collaborations, yeah. you know, because I love hip hop. I wrote a piece that's on Walk Like Us. It's called She Loves Kicks and Hip Hop. Mm -hmm. And it's correlating how much women love hip hop. And we love the sneakers and the collaborations, but they're not always made for us. Right. So we don't always have the sizing in it. You know, in Hotline Bling, all the women were wearing OVOs, but they didn't even make that sneaker in less than a men's sizing. So, and I'm blessed to be men sizing, so I, I can't complain, but I complain for my little feet girls. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. Let me ask you, um, you know what's scary also? I've seen how replicas have evolved also, right? So now some of the time, before it was like the reps were so far off, you'd be like, this is horrible. This this looks nothing like the shoe. Yeah. But now the reps, the, I don't know what technology they're using, what they got going on, 
but the reps are nearly identical. Yeah, you remember back in the day, right? When you would see a counterfeit sneaker, you knew it was counterfeit because yeah, yeah, you know, yes, it sir. was made of plastic and I done seen somebody leave their whole soul down the block in a fake sneaker once it rained right so the big joke was like yo you know when they're fake when it rains and it just falls apart yeah. but now fast forward you have some companies like i follow replica sites on instagram i don't care who thinks what i'm solid i know who i am in this mm -hmm. community and with what i do and what i love but when i buy i buy a lot of sneakers in the street i buy a lot of sneakers off of you know, I did eBay for a while, buy a lot of sneakers off of friends of friends of friends. I'm the only one that can authenticate what I buy mm. because I'm the only person that I trust when it comes up to that. And right. I'm not gonna leave that, especially when I spend my money, right? And I feel like this for everybody. If this is your craft, learn your craft. So I feel like I needed to learn a lot about, and you know, I have a little, you know, a little kind of little, thing where I learned textiles in high school. So I know materials very well. I know stitching very well. So one of the one of the keys in, in that process is knowing boxes, right? Knowing what boxes look like, knowing what's supposed to be in the boxes, knowing the stitching, knowing the height, knowing design of sneakers. I've always been able to authenticate. So I've come across a lot of fakes that are so good like so, so good that you would not even be able to to really understand that that's a fake. Like the quality of the sneaker, and it was the Yeezy 750, the, the boot, yeah. it was an all black one. That suede was better than what they used at Adidas. The boost, at, at first, counterfeiters had problems with the boost, but then they perfected it. Mm -hmm. So it was like, nah, you y'all really out here just wilding with the unbox, making them perfect. And I just can't, that's what I call them. The Oombox? You know, it scares me, it scares me because I'm thinking like how many of those probably actually pass through StockX that, you know, like StockX, I know- Look what just happened to me. You want to hear this? So I ordered the Jordan 1 Lowe's, the Chinese New Year, mm -hmm. right? With the little tassel, really nice ones. So I ordered them from StockX, right? So I got an email that they didn't pass authentication. I never trust StockX anyway. I always ready to authenticate them myself. So they told me they didn't pass authentication. So usually they will find you another pair, right? So usually they find you another pair of sneakers and they say, you know, it didn't pass, right? It didn't pass, but we'll send you another pair when we identify them. Nope, straight up refund. Yeah, yeah, they went from 500 to seven something. So I'm like, first of all, I've been crying for these sneakers. I, or like I like to say, cry. I cry for these sneakers. So I'm like, nah, I need to get them and I need to get them at an appropriate price. I just sent out a blast and I, I'm known for this. I'll send out a blast text to everybody I know who gets product. And I'm like, find me them now, Nike gods, anybody get, I need these. Like one thing that I'm very passionate about is certain holidays and certain sneakers that are themed like anything panda anything chinese new year like i have collections that are my own collections right so i have a panda collection that is of various sneakers that are um panda themed um chinese new year is one that i'm big on right so i love year the dog year the dragon year the monkey you know year the snake year the ox i loved all those i feel like they put a lot more detail into those sneakers than a lot of other collaborations so freak me 
StockX said they were fake. So, and you know what? I want to ask, I want to I want to tell StockX, show me the pictures because I bet you they real and you people don't even know. Somebody said, have you ever bought a pair of fake joints? <laughs> no. No, not at all. So I, I customized once. Um, there was these um, sneakers that I got customized. They were a pair of dunks. And I was so no, suspect no. of them because I didn't buy the dunk. The, the customizer bought it. So I was like, I told him to like, he, he literally did one panel on the side, the color. And I was like, nope, don't even touch that sneaker until I look at it. Cause I seen the pictures of it. And I was like, that shit might not be official. And, um, okay, I went and it was a all white sneaker box. It was official, but I will tell you this story that there was a store called Jordan heads in Brooklyn, a beautiful store. It paid homage to Michael Jordan. It was all cement print. It was like the most gorgeous memorabilia shop for Jordans and uh, Calvin, the owner, he was like, yo, can you authenticate these for me? He pulled out a pair from the back. No lie. Everybody was right there. And I smelled the box. I said, this shit ain't real. And he was like, you just smelled the box. And I'm like, I'm telling you, he's telling me, I'm like, what is this? He's like a 12. This don't smell like a 12. And he's like, nah, he's like, you nah. he's like, look at it. I looked at it. The box was suspect. Finally, the most biggest imperfection that you can ever imagine. So on the inside, on the tabs that go in the inner panel, one was longer than the other. I was like, look, it's right here. And he's like, but you smelt it. And I, I'm still bugging off the smell. And I'm like, yo, because after a while, you just like a one. You open a one, that shit gotta hit you. You know what I'm saying? That, that's gonna hit you. So it's like, I'm beyond just being able to look at it at this point. I'm one of these weird people, like I'm smelling it at this point. Like if it don't smell it, like I, I'm smelling glues that they fucking use already. Like I'm probably identify the glue that's being used. So I'm just- I've always been Yo, those those reps too. Some sometimes those reps smell like paint. And people yeah, don't want to hear it. You know, people don't want to hear it. Like, you know, sometimes I'll be like, "Yo, those those ain't living right, right there." You you wearing no box, and they know, and they don't care. They're like, you know, I didn't ask you. I didn't ask you if they. I'm like, I'm just saying. I'm just saying that. You know, in case you pay too much for them, you know, or you know who you, you didn't know who you bought it from, you know. I'm just letting you know that they just might not be what you think they are, and they're like, oh, we know already. I'm like, sorry. Oh, uh, what are your sorry. thoughts on um on Master P and Baron Davis potentially acquiring Reebok? Let's go. Reebok needs some color in there. Reebok needs some juice. Reebok needs to go back to what Reebok used to be, which is for the streets, you know, for the streets. Reebok lost their original consumer, you know, Reebok became very trendy. Reebok tried to go and re-enter the sports arena with doing CrossFit after they had aerobic on lock back in the day. They tried to do it again with CrossFit. They separated from their original Vector logo and developed this Delta that was like, yeah. so it's like, that's all catered to a whole different demographic. It ain't us in the hood. Nope. Um, they have Cardi B um, and they're releasing all these sneakers that they designed and attached to Cardi B, not a Cardi B sneaker. Mm-hmm. No G, no difference. So there's nothing about that sneaker that says Cardi B that's, and they would never do that for a man, right? So let's think about that real good. You would never roll out a sneak. 
Name a sneaker, right? Associated with a male rapper, right? That has nothing on the sneaker that is attached to that rapper, right? Not a, a cactus jack, nothing, yeah. something, right? Yeezy yeah. got his whole own sneaker. There is nothing Cardi B on that sneaker. There's no Cardi, there's no tongue, there's nothing that, there's right. no nails. There's nothing on it that would say this is a Cardi B sneaker. Right. So to me, whoever, you know, whoever is making these decisions at Reebok is not, is not fully developed in our urban community to connect with us. And I think a lot of people think having a Master P means Master P will design sneakers and I'm glad sneakers. you said that. I was going to say that. I was just going to say that. That, that I think that people, people hate Master I hope he don't design them. I saw some demos of what he has. All right. So, Master P has had a lot of success. Yeah. Nobody wants And I want to say it like this. Selling dusty shit, right? Let's think about it, right? You, he, he had the whole stuff no limit clothes. Let's yeah, not yeah, he did. no yeah, limit he did. supermarkets, no limit barbershops. He got no limit cereal. He had everything. Yo, so. Master P know how to sell it. So I feel like bring, give, give, man, let a man of color own one of these big brands and see what happens. See how money he brings in. And people be like, well, if he didn't bring it in for his own brands, how you think he's going to bring it in for Reebok? And I'm like, because People want to be associated with Reebok. People, you know, you think that, uh, uh, look at some of these bum sneakers that some of these rappers get, like Meek Mills and his ugly Puma, his nightmare, right? <laughs> <laughs> look at that nightmare that Meek Mills. Rock Nation thing, you know that. Rock Nation, Jay-Z, that's why he look, got that. Look, you, if Meek Mill do that bum, bum Puma, right? Imagine there's other artists that'll do a good Reebok, you know, somewhere. Like I love when Rick Ross was was Reebok, like yeah, you know, yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, oh, you know, I was I was feeling Rick Ross with Reebok. So it's like bring that feel back, bring that vibe back, and I feel like who better to do it than somebody who's invested in business like Master P. Yeah. Let me say, you know what? I think people always confuse because they look at Master P's taste and say like, oh, I don't want Master P involved with Reebok. Master P and Baron Davis would be paying for the Reebok name. Master P and, and Baron Davis, I think that they're smart enough business people that they would get in the space where they would go out and try to recruit top designers. They're bringing the best of the best. Exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah. And just by having Master P's name behind it. Adds, I hope it goes through. I really do. Yeah. As credit. But he's up against, I understand he's up against the, the folks who got Supreme, right? So yeah, which you know what? That will just keep it the same. That will keep it on the platform that's the same. Mm -hmm. Supreme is such a huge name. You know, it is such a it's it's just the branding for Supreme was executed so well. The lifestyle, like Supreme has such a rich lifestyle mm -hmm. in New York City. I remember I used to wear Supreme in the late nineties. And yeah. Supreme was a little store next to my high school. I used to go to high school in the village and in Soho, and I was one of the Soho kids. I sang on Washington Square Park as a teenager. That was like our lifestyle. So it was a lot of skate life. So mm -hmm. you used to see these little, yo, give me your sweater. Supreme sweater, like nothing, just bummy cigarette holes, dirt holes in it. And that was the really the lifestyle of it. And um yeah, I never really got into it after that because our origins for it was just, it was real dusty. We were dusty in Supreme. We wasn't lit in Supreme. Yeah. Now look where they, they took the brand though. 
it's amazing i mean it's amazing what good branding will do and a good lifestyle will do if people really understand it yeah talk a little bit about because you mentioned you mentioned meek mill and um his puma shoe but it seems like jay-z is trying to you know lend to the resurgence of puma and trying to get puma to be more of a lifestyle brand puma has has a couple of nice silhouettes and i also think that puma could never go wrong with the clyde like that's that to me is a classic that's a classic, that's a classic. So what, what does puma need to do to enter their name back into the arena of the nikes make a basketball puma. sneaker how about that like make a decent ball sneaker that's like to compete with modern times right so one of the things with puma is that they've enlisted with rock nation to do branding to work on marketing to build their lifestyle right much like reebok puma has lost their core right you lost the hood people ain't out here they'll wear vans before puma right where before vans was cali brand right that was a surfer brand that was a beach brand that was a skate brand that was something that geographically new york city did not get the best vans right we didn't get the exclusive vans that wasn't our sneaker exclusively that would go to warm weather locations before us right before cities right concrete cities you know before dmv before new york before some of these cities chicago some of these cities that are really invested in sneaker lifestyle so you would not get those sneakers pumas it's it's crazy because when you speak about pumas right I grew up with a father who used to take out the Puma laces, fat laces, and put them in the Adidas, right? So that was a thing that Puerto Ricans used to do, right? So uh, in New York City, blacks would take out the laces of the Adidas fully, right? And wear with the tongue up, like run DMC, mm -hmm. right? And then the Puerto Ricans, and they were the MCs, right? Those were the rappers. Now, Puerto Ricans was the dancers. They would love to fly around and be boy and do crazy legs and all that. Mm -hmm. They needed laces in order to dance. So a lot of them used to take the Puma laces and put them in the Adidas so they have the fat laces in the, in the Adidas. And that was a whole lifestyle. And Puma to me, you know, was is nostalgic. You know, that's an OG. That's some OG shit in New York. Mm -hmm. But if you go to other places, that's still a sneaker that is very embedded in their current lifestyle. So geographically, it's about how you grew up with that sneaker, how you connect with that sneaker. So I think Jay-Z working with Rock Nation to bring Puma back into the light just shows how strong Rock Nation branding is mm -hmm. in terms of. But he had to pull every single celebrity under the sun in order to do that because yeah. the visibility for Puma was like, I remember I was looking in the train and seeing Kylie Jenner <laughs> with door knockers on a recreated subway. Like it looked like it was the 90s in a promotional ad for Puma. I'm like, bitch, you could not even, you could not even live on that train in the 90s. You couldn't even step on foot in that train in the 90s. You wasn't even built for that in your Orange County self. So it's like, to use the likeness of some of these people to recreate what's originally our struggles and hardships, Jay-Z did that. He did it to a science. He sold the lifestyle. Boom, now Puma is in a much better place, but- They got work to do. You know what? I really love Rihanna's pieces on the Puma. Um, Fenty was dope. You know, the Creepers were dope. She won, that sneaker won an award. Um, so it was dope. Like there's some pieces that are really dope. Um, I just got some Carl Lagerfeld. I got a whole Carl Lagerfeld collection. That's a whole different wow. topic. They sent me a Puma. 
And um, I thought What's that was Paul Lagerfeld too. Hmm. He said, rest in peace to Carl Lagerfeld. Rest in peace to Carl Lagerfeld. But he, the thing is, is the irony of, I got this whole big seating project for Carl Lagerfeld products for his plus size collection and then mixed with some sneakers that the sneaker Puma put together for him. Carl Lagerfeld had a distaste for full figure women. He did not want to see them on the runway. He was very vocal about that. So I don't understand the collaboration or even why his brand makes full figured. Um, but I thought the way the sneaker embodied him. So it's a regular plain white leather Puma with a pair of sunglasses across them. Just that visual alone, the way it embodied him was just like bodied. Yeah. So I think Puma does really well, like the Kooji Pumas for, Kooji. for the Biggie collab. Yeah. Those were super dope. I think when they do it, they do it really nice. It's just a matter of the masses gravitating towards it. Yeah, real quick though, Pixie Dixie, when you when you when you mentioned the Puma uh Kuzi uh collab, we had Willie Esco last year. So, oh, you know, cool. shout out to Willie Esco for actually signing that and putting that together I, for Kuzi. Um, I got the I got the exclusive pack that's the one with the sunglasses, the Versace's. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Biggie, Brooklyn. I gotta like a lot of the sneakers I chase is in line with who I am, you know, yeah. and I make sure like whether, yeah, where I'm from, who I am, what I like to, the statement I want to make about my feet. So those were a must. Like those are super dope. Yeah. I think Nike has done a really good job of combining lifestyle and nostalgia because Nike sells us the same sneakers over and over again, just different colorways. Oh my God. <laughs> Nike's doing some kind of like, it's hypnosis already. So we, when we on the sneakers app and we taking those L's, we're like, Nike. <laughs> the L I think is the hypnosis. I think that's when they get us. So when they get us, I think it's the hypnosis. And we're just like, Nike, we're coming back. Cause who the hell is gonna diss you that many times and you you back and you like, baby, I love you. It's like a bad marriage. Uh, it's psychological already. You know how many people like this? When I can't get a sneaker, like morning of on a Saturday morning, and that's impossible. Like what I used to do, my normal routine, I would get up in the morning on a Saturday, some breakfast, go to the diner, lollygagging with my with my um, coffee, I'm jumping on the train. I don't want to drive. I want to explore the city, go cop my pickups. I'm so happy. I'm on the apps. I know where to use the Wi-Fi. That's like a perfect Saturday morning. Of course, can't do that anymore right now, but that's really, you know, what it was about. But on that type of mode, if I can't get what I went out for, Look, I, psych, I'm ruined for like the whole weekend until I find it. And that's the crazy shit. It's like how controlling this lifestyle is and that stupid app already where people are just like really upset, really vocalizing how hurt they are, how they can't get it, how yeah. they wanted it, you know? And sometimes these brands, I feel like they don't understand that a lot of people, especially from the hood, motherfuckers ain't got shit. So what happens when you don't have nothing in that statement piece, that sneaker, that nostalgia, that becomes so important to you and your life and your mentals? It shouldn't, trust me, it, it really should not. But it does but build it, a different theme for a lot of people. That's yeah. What do you what do you think? We have a question. What do you think of the Ivy Park stuff? So Ivy Park pre-Adidas. Well, let's take it back. Uh, Beyonce always had collections, right? She had Darion. You know, she had very successful collections for women. 
Beyonce has always made plus size clothing. So one of the things is Ivy Park before Adidas was always up to a size 3X. It always went to very big sizes. I appreciate Beyonce for that, for always thinking of being size inclusive even before it became a fad. So when Adidas first took Ivy Park on and didn't make plus size clothing, I said, how could fucking Adidas just go and ruin something that Beyonce had built for so many years and she worked on for so many years to always make sure that her clothing was size inclusive. Now that they added plus size clothing to it, I think it's great, but just the price point, right? So you're paying a buck 70 a piece, you're paying $200 a piece, you're paying a buck 50 a dress. It's just not fair for a little more material. And I think that the price point really goes up really high when you start talking about plus size clothing and sportswear just to make quality. And I think that that's where they really need to figure that out. It, it's it's to the detriment of the plus size woman. But I love the pieces. I love the ingenuity of it. I have pieces myself that I have not even worn yet. I don't even know how to wear them. Because one thing I don't like is the Ivy Park sneakers. So that's where I wear Ivy Park with Yeezys. So, and I have to match brands wear fits with sneakers. I'm not Adidas track pants and Nike. Oh, that's sneakers. terrible. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not there. That's the equivalent of wearing black Air Force Ones to me. Like, it's like you're doing some shit in it. <laughs> oh, man, yeah, that's terrible. Well, one thing I'll say, you know, Kanye, um, I remember early on when Kanye signed with Adidas and like after the first couple of drops, I remember he released a statement or he was in an interview and he was saying like, everybody's going to have an opportunity to get a pair of Yeezys. And I think that he was true to his word because the market is flooded with Yeezys now to me. Like every time you turn around, every Saturday now, they're dropping something. And some of the stuff is I good. Mean, colorways are it's, terrible. It's the new Air Force One, right? It's the new Air Max. Like a Yeezy, I think he has the right to build out his brand by giving everybody his base model and then creating something rare, right? That's how you build lines, right? So you, at some point, you got to give everybody a taste. But the whole hood is in like Yeezys right now, and it's become so easy to get. But I think that shouldn't take away because you can get something. It takes away from you actually liking it. I think to me, one of the dopest Yeezys is the Quantum. The Quantum. First of all, that's probably Adidas' best basketball sneaker in a long time. Uh -huh. Adidas couldn't make a basketball sneaker to sell their. Yo, if they had to, if they said, Adidas, make your best basketball sneaker or lose the whole company. The company's gone. The company's gone, right? So I think they did an excellent job with the Quantum. I think that that basketball sneaker for Yeezy was, it was a look, it was a feel, it was a vibe, it was dope. And you know, and now they're making the pieces to give to the people. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think people need to stop bugging and thinking because something is accessible is whack. Yeah, the quantum, the fit, the um, the quantum to me, they feel a little bulky when I put them on, but I do like them. I mean, I'm not balling in them, but I mean, when you talk about bulky, like I got M2Ks, I got bulky sneak, like sneakers that are like, whoa. You know, I remember feeling like um, Tim Duncan's were bulky back in the day. Mm -hmm. And if you come, if I put that sneaker on now, that sneaker's narrow. Yeah. Tracy Blaze was nice. I used to like the Tracy. Well, Blaze. even I mean, like even like um, Balenciagas. Like I have a pair of Balenciagas. Though that's a bulky shoe too. Like the, the shoe is just like a, like a, a that very became the style. But you know what? That aesthetic was very European, and we mm -hmm. adopted it here. So that aesthetic was like very Euro, and then all of a sudden we started wearing it. 
But I'm not. Every, they're turning because the game of basketball changed. All basketball sneakers are runners now. So it's like I miss big, bulky basketball sneakers. I miss court force highs. I miss oh, like. I love those. I miss like old basketball sneakers, 90s. I'm a, I'm a 90s basketball sneaker lover. You know, did you see the new sneaker that you're supposed to be able to slide your foot in? Yeah. Yeah. I just closed uh, it up. So everybody's asking me what I feel about that sneaker. If I can't do that in all my sneakers, then why the fuck do I own, like, just, do, why do I own sneakers? <laughs> like, like, I don't see the, re like, no, like, I need to be able, I would wear shoes then, right? So if I needed to do a lot of work to wear sneakers, I'd throw on the high heels. Mm -hmm. So the reason you wear the sneakers is for that comfort and for that, that reason that you just want to slide and go. So I'm like, yo, I could do that shit in foams. Like I could just slide in foams the same way and lock out and slide out of foams. So what, what do you think about the, that BBs? I had a pair and then it, it started malfunctioning. I ended up sending them back. I was like, nah. I remember Rob. They, mal they malfunctioned on me. Which one? Me too. The Adapt BBs, the ones with the app. And I, I have hyper. See, the thing is, though, hyper adapts are better than BB adapts. So hyper adapts, I never had that malfunction. That's why they so much money. BB adapts, I think I locked in a pair. Yo, first of all, I have a fat foot. So it was squeezing. It was like squeezing more and more. I'm like, oh my God, I got no blood. And I'm like, I'm about to have a sneaker accident. I'm gonna be the first one on the news. Everybody knows I'm very clumsy. So I was like, I'm gonna be the first bitch on the news for getting stuck in a pair of sneakers or getting my feet squashed and exploding in a pair of sneakers. So they died on me is what happened so mid they died so they died on me my foot got squished to death and i was like yo i can't deal with these and it also they're too slow so one thing about i'm impatient so it's like it's lacing it by itself and it's like <laughs> Like a recliner. I'm like, nah, not, not for me. So too I'm much work. Let me time on shoot now. Yeah, yeah too much work. Too much work. Ahead, I actually lace my sneakers in a way that they never need to be tied. So I do these little knots on the end mm -hmm. where they never need to be tied and I'm good like that. I do that on my ones. Yeah. I do that all my I do it with my boots too. I do whatever. What's the, what's the company that Zion Williamson signed to do? Is it Adidas? No, I think I believe he signed with Jordan Brand. Now, didn't he? I thought he signed with Jordan Brand. Yeah, he's still with Jordan, Jordan Brand. Brand. Nike fixed their problem because you know what? You can't sit here and flex to be the best sneaker brand in the world and have what happened to him. Yeah, I was like, damn. Like, I, I wonder. I wonder. Like, like I, I remember when that first happened. What Kyrie happening? Huh? Those were imagine. Imagine you. You. You can't supply an athlete, right? Uh, an athlete of that magnitude, right? Of that size, of that power. You can't make them a sneaker in modern times. That was just like the most, that was the laugh of the industry. That was just like a, <laughs> that was a chuckle moment. For, I know Adidas was sitting there replaying that shit over and over, Reebok, everybody was just having their moment because that's something that should have never happened, right? And that's to show you, right? They sacrifice quality, right? You sacrifice quality, you sacrifice ingenuity, you stop pushing designs to the limit. The reason these all these models are existing now and doing well is because they have lasted the test of time in terms of their 
ingenuity in terms of pressure in terms of what's in these sneakers and what they're made of but it's time to get that new brains that new development to create new sneaker silhouettes that include much more modern technology that was just as great because the technology that they're using like fly knit is great right but prime knit is better so it's like if you really understand the tech of both prime knit surpasses fly knit so it's how they use the fly knit and what they put with the technology of it right so fly wire fly plates with with fly knit so it's like there's these different elements that go into making it so good for nike but at the core some of the technology is not the best when you talk about something like under armor right with the hover system hover system is pushing technology under armor damn near perfected traction in some of those steph curries right so it's like that's pushing technology nike stopped that shit you know nike had tinker hatfield tiffany beers people that are really like and or aeronautical mechanical engineers at nike and there's probably a lot of great ones now we're just not seeing the story behind their designs like we saw the story of tinker so that's something that they've lost in their whole storytelling process is really the designers um the from the perspective of the designer and you know why we can't get to the new designers? Because all of their old shit is what continues to sell. So they're not motivated to put the new designers on. Like, I cannot, like, I'm gonna, vom I'm vomiting when they be like, I don't feel good. What's wrong with you? I Another Jordan one is out. I'm so gonna tell like, you the biohacks I love. The biohacks I love. I'm going to vomit. Like, I don't need another Jordan one in any other color. I just don't. Yeah, they, right? they overdid it. They overdid it. And now they have the new thing of turning everything into a low. So I got tw there's twelve low, five low, one low. I'm a little leery on that because the, the Chinese New Year five lows though. I have those. I, I love those. That's like I the, love those. Yeah. yeah, I love those. They were beautiful. Um, yeah. so let me ask you I this: just, What do you think about what do you think about Langston Galloway's collection? Langston Galloway's from the Phoenix Suns. He has these sneakers where he he has. He has like Ren and Stimpy on him, and then he has the Flintstones <laughs> on. You know, son, it's sneakers. I like them, but I'm like, all right. It's a it's a niche sneaker. It's for a certain demographic of people who, a number one, follow him, his following, his audience, and then for the interest that he has. I thought the Ren and Stimpy was interesting in terms of bringing Ren and Stimpy back out. I know there's a lot of dudes that probably really like Ren and Stimpy and a few women, but in terms of me looking at that as a serious collection, no, I'm like. No can't take it serious you talked about you talked about like the um the design and material that under armor had under armor for a second it looked like they they were doing really really well but i think they didn't transition well from on court to lifestyle and they tried to they make never would lifestyle. they never would they are a true performance brand and rightfully so they stay in their lane and they should stay in their lane right because I'm not wearing none of those pieces in lifestyle. Even though they had a micro G, I really love the Under Armour micro G. It was a really bomb, clean silhouette. It looked like a LeBron 8 without the cushion. The micro G was super comfortable and I wound up buying one in like, they had bright yellow. They had colors that just don't exist in sneakers. Emerald green, just very vibrant colors. And I bought them and they were so like, 
I need a lot of um ankle support. I'm one of, like I walk heavy and I'm one of those I'm your friend that leans on you when you walk and you end up in the middle of the street <laughs> and doesn't realize it because I'm just such a like a, a sloppy walker. So basketball sneakers to me is where I find my comfort. Under Armour has always been true to performance. When they try to do performance and lifestyle, sometimes that just doesn't work because you'll forfeit one or the other. And that's what happens with Nike, right? They have to forfeit the performance to create the lifestyle because they just don't go hand in hand. You know who did that really good? NMDs, uh, Adidas. Yeah, NMD was really made for the concrete. It was really made to jump around. Mm-hmm. They really executed that well, but that's because Adidas has also really great technology. Yeah. Um, so that's why, you know, they're able to, to mix lifestyle, but then again, they can't make the performance. So it's like, right. Yeah. Packer NMDs is another pair of my favorites. The nice picks NMDs are mine. Go ahead, Zane. Kixie, I, I have two questions, right? Tell me, number one, uh, are there any male or female celebrities in whatever industry that you gravitated to towards and shared the same? Because I, I know a lot of times, like, we all are sneakerheads, and sometimes we can be like, damn, nobody loves sneakers more than I do. But is there is there a male or female in the industry that you felt that you shared that same passion? And then number two, can you name about, I guess, your top, Three or top five female rappers with the with the with the best uh, sneaker game. I love those questions. In terms of people, like Instagram has connected me to a lot of people that love sneakers. Visually on Instagram, the people that are like the highest influencers really have an aptitude for creating content. So they may not be the same people that really hyper collect like people who maybe don't create that content. I have met so many amazing people and I'm I'm audio, I love to talk about sneakers. That's what I've dedicated like kind of my life to. Um, I've met so many people on Clubhouse, right? They don't have thousands of followers, but they're the most passionate fucking sneakerheads I ever, like ever met and I feel so comfortable. I have a little home team and they talk about, you know, what they love. They talk about what they enjoy they are as you know i i was once considered rare right and brands used to be like oh women like you are rare you know you you don't buy you know you buy a lot of sneakers not many women they used to say women buy 10 pairs a year bull crap because every woman that you know every woman that i speak to that loves sneakers we're beast we're all beast and i just don't want to hear it but i've met so many people who you know, I love their collections. Like I have, I have my favorite sneaker females too. Like, shout out to somebody like BG Kicks uh, from in the West Coast. Mm-hmm. You know, BG is a legend. You know, and one thing is, is this industry and this community is really good about killing off their legends. And it's like, give the flowers. You know, I give flowers to somebody like BG with such an eclectic collection that really represents where she's from in Cali. She's always one of my favorites. Um, you know, you have people like Jody Rockstar, you know, Jody is someone who has, this is a woman, you know, who has Paranormans, you know, she has Red October. No, she's traded the Red October for the Paranorman and something else. It's a good story. You know, you got in, in Miami, you got Lizzie Shoe Game. Lizzie Shoe Game is stupid. In, in Florida, you got Sooks Lucci. Sooks Lucci is savage. 
when I mean, and I, nobody ever heard of a, probably a lot of these women. And these are women that I humbly sit next to. And I say, you know what? Y'all been doing this for so long. And then they tell me, don't give me that credit because we love you. And it's like, no, I find inspiration in them. I find inspiration in what they love. You know, I find inspiration in, in what they gravitate towards. Um, Simply be Bianca. Simply be is... She's such a beautiful sneaker collector. She makes collecting sneakers look so beautiful. And she combines it with her her art and her love of it. And I appreciate that. So there's a lot of women that, let me tell you, I sit there and I admire them uh, so much for continuing. Jen Twice, right? Jen, she's an OG. She has just some of the most, at the time, they were regular GRs. Right now, they're the grails. You know, at, they're the grails and she still has them and they're in great condition. She has a beautiful vintage collection. So it's like, I appreciate these women for their differences and what they love. And I respect it. Men, I am very highly influenced by men. And I think that comes from how I learned to collect sneakers from my dad. Right. So when it comes up to the male sneaker space, that's what, you know, when brands ask me all the time, who influences you? Um, uh, you know, who are your influences and, you know, what women do you look up to in terms of who influence your purchases? I'm like, I can't name any, but I could tell you that I look at Fabs and he makes me have Fabs page and he makes me regret passing on some sneakers. And I'd be like, damn, that's hard the way he's wearing those. But his, and, his you know, wife behind it, though. His wife is stylist. So. All day. She, she, she's been dressing him since. Since way before he was wearing jerseys and M's game is not far behind either. So, you know, they're, they're Brooklyn staples. So we give them their flowers too, but she's, he's a beast with some stuff. And that's really where I get that inspiration from. I have met celebrities off of sneakers because people, sometimes I would arrange to sell or buy something. And I'm so surprised that who's like on the other side of that, of that door. Um, but your second question in terms of female rappers? Yeah, female rappers with the, the top three, the top five with the dopest uh, I'm glad you asked that question. In my office, I have three um, Word Up posters um, that I framed um, that I love and they are female rappers because I love female rap. But I'm gonna have to say Nicki Minaj, number one, right? I'm gonna say Nicki Minaj, Lauren Hill, the only reason I'm giving Lauren Hill uh, that number two is because Lauren Hill did not make as much music as Nicki Minaj, right? We didn't see Lauren Hill's growth. We that I feel gypped. I needed to see her growth and I needed more of her music. But in terms of legend, yes, that will be Lauren Hill, but I gotta give Nicki it because Nicki put that work in. And, you know, as a writer, you know, as somebody who wrote her own stuff, as somebody who, who changed culture for women, Right, Nicki Minaj coming out with that fake body detrimentally made everybody want to change their bodies, right? But more <laughs> important, Nicki Minaj was the one that came out, you know, looking ass. That song, I mean, men had to respond, you know. And when <laughs> women make men move in that way, you know, mm -hmm. you're a goat. And and men had to respond to that song because she hurt them so hard. And it was like, you know. 
no men didn't feel like they had to respond to no scrubs even though they did right because it was light right but the way she came out with looking at it was like wow you changed culture ma and just to see her stand with the boys right to do all those remixes stand with two chains stand with all those men you know uh to diminish what a jay-z verse would sound like on monster the way she murdered monster yeah, like are you kidding me the way she sat there and 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 made jay-z and kanye's verse sound this small and Nicki minaj just ate that whole song amazing so Nicki, lauren kim brooklyn of course right so i gotta go with him what about, what about and, remy ma remy ma be wearing some dope some dope foot footwear too sometimes remy ma is remy ma is dope but the thing is lyrically like Remy Ma is like a battle rapper to me, right? You good at verses and bars, but you don't make a song that's like that's no, stick. no, 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 not lyrically. I'm talking about footwear, footwear. Oh, not for footwear, footwear, I'm gonna, yes. I'm gonna tell you, Ashanti, right? Ashanti naturally, organically rock sneakers, and you see it all over her page. Monica, um, that's the what I was saying. Top three to top five. So I was oh, talking about footwear. Female rappers it's a taboo for them to come out so sporty right it, mm -hmm. it's not meant for them to come out that but i'm talking about lyrically because i love hip-hop but i definitely would give them that but little kim has been a brand ambassador for many sneakers that came out throughout history okay. so little kim has come out with some you know reeboks that she was the face of a lot of these uh, female rappers you know mary j blige was unofficially not a reebok ambassador but she was performing everywhere in them so it's like Salt and Pepper. When you talk about setting style in sneakers, you're talking about Salt and Pepper. They used to wear the big warm-up socks with yeah, Pumas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The scrunchy socks, they used to rock they that was with like the, They were like the female version of Run DMC. With, you know, at salt, the time, salt they were doing sportswear. They were there in the visible light. But there was a lot more at the time beyond embracing sneakers. There was women's high boots. That was new for a culture, you know, wearing boots up to your knee. Mm -hmm. Salt and Pepper set that off. But Salt and Pepper also used to, um, who used to style them too? Um, the, the dude from Kid and Play. The dude from, not, not the one with, not the, not the light skin one with the tall head. Oh, play. 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 play used to style Salt and Pepper and they, they used to work, they used to share clothes is what they used to do and sneakers. So. So when it comes up to like early inspirations, it definitely is like Mary J. It definitely is like Paula Abdul, you know, those type of women. They had sneaker collaboration. Paula well, Abdul was had a dope too though. Uh, uh, MC Light. MC Light had some, had some dope for women. MC Light got a few hacks. She got brothers and, and brothers, her brothers are heavy into sneakers. If, if y'all didn't know. So, um, her brothers were heavy, are heavy into sneakers, so she had a few hacks. But there's a lot of women like throughout history, like Sybil Shepherd. Sybil Shepherd's wow. white girl who was out there. She was the first one on the red carpet in some sneakers, and she was rocking Reebok 5411s on the red carpet. She <laughs> made the statement that you don't need heels to be sexy, right? Well said, Jesus. The red October for paranormal trade is tough. Those that, yo, I, that's honestly, that's my favorite pair of Yeezys. The second, um, Air uh, Yeezy. You know what's crazy? What's crazy is that she really wanted the paranormal spoke to her, right? So mm -hmm. she, when she told me this story, I was like, I was bugging. Um, uh, she asked a few friends to put in a raffle for her. 
and one of the friends honored won it and honored her you know with the raffle and she bought it for retail so she won the red october for retail wow. and then she made a trade for paranorman and another sneaker but it the sneaker spoke to her and the paranorman in a small size a smaller woman's size is, is hard a hard find so yeah it was a great sneaker we did a photo shoot that was all of the leica um and nike collaborations so she had the paranormans i have the kubos um soul flower shout out to flower she had on the box trolls and the coralines she bought her box trolls and her coralines and we kind of put together all of the leica studio collaborations and did a photo shoot so it was a it was a dope shoot but i just i love that women own those sneakers you know yeah i always felt that um that nike tried to um try to pass off the, the air trainer cruise is like a poor man's yeezy yeezy too like they had they kind of had like the same design right a lot of nike products will share the same soles share the same you know like the three sole is so iconic and it's used in other sneakers so it's like it's the foundation to many of the our favorite kicks so it's like you're gonna see the inspiration come up in a lot of different sneakers. That's what I'm saying. One, until they make new, we're not gonna really feel that. Mm -hmm. Well, Kixie Jixie, thanks for joining us. Can you tell everybody where they can find you? Uh, give us your social media handle. So, it's like right under my name, like if they see it. <laughs> I am Kixie Jixie on um, social media, on Instagram. I'm predominantly on Instagram. Um, I have a lot that I'm working on or at Inner Souls Collective. Um, that's my co-founded collective. So there's a lot that I'm working on with that too. I really want everybody to submit videos for the Air Max capsule. Um, I think it's really important for everybody to really understand that brands are rewriting our history by releasing new sneakers and giving it new stories for a new generation. And it's really important to leave that legacy and leave that story behind for this generation and the ones before us to be responsible to leave true stories to your children, to your family members, so they really understand how this started, what started, what we loved about it, what our passion is, and what we're going to do in the future. So definitely want everybody to pull up, show me love, show inner souls love, show authentics love. Visit everybody I spoke about today. Go take a look at their sneaker collections. Go enjoy, you know, everything we spoke about. Nice, nice. Yeah, you got a pair of KD Weathermans over there. I'm looking for those. <laughs> I, oh, I forgot to add KD4 to my top 10. <laughs> KD4 is going that top 10 too, because KD4s is is there. But um, yes, the Weathermans do exist on this side. <laughs> Not my favorite KD4. The Arm um, Pearls are my favorite KD4. Yeah. And after that, um, the Galaxy KD4. Okay. And then the scoring titles KD4. But then... The way the way the way the weather... The Nerf KD4. Yeah. And then the Weatherman is like fifth or sixth. Okay. Yeah, they, they did KD well. I like the... I think Kyrie, they did well too. I think they're still trying to figure it out for Giannis. I can't even pronounce his last Kyrie's, name. Kyrie's got tapped out. Yeah. I tapped out of Kyrie's. They became too performancey. Um, Kyrie twos. Uh, I loved Kyrie twos. Kyrie twos are super dope. Um, like I'm one of the rares that like PGs. I like PG ones. PG ones. Yeah, dope. the first ones. The first ones are cool. Oh, Polo George ones were dope. I'm happy they're bringing back LeBron eights. I think LeBrons have reached their peak already. 
The eight and the nine, I like a lot. LeBron, LeBron, they can never compare Jordan to a LeBron. Cause no, look, 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 you got some Pippins. Yeah, I got some Pippins. You know, dust to dust to dawn, uh, sunsets. Like I, uh, I got some cool Pippins that I, I have women's Pippins that people tell me are disgusting, and they don't know why I own them. One of the few um, raffles I ever won, um, Kiff, was in when um, Ronnie redid the um, the Pippins, and he did like the like the cheetah print joints or whatever. I got those. Those are beautiful. Yeah. Those I have them too. The Kiff joints. Those are amazing. But what I loved about those was the apparel. The tracksuit that he that they yeah. The tracksuit. He also had a big giant sweater with the with yeah. the the swoosh, a giant swoosh in yeah. different animal patterns in the swoosh. That was pretty mean too. Yeah. But what, yeah. about, what about them Barclays? Barclays? Like CB34s? Which one? Oh, Barclays? They, they released the CB34s, right? I, I'm, a, I'm a posit fanatic. So if people don't know that about me, I love hyper posits, flight posits, foam posits, Barclay posits. And I, I wish that Barclay posits continued because I love that, that silhouette. Right. Uh, the All Star ones were my favorites. But mm. I do love me some some Concord purple in a sneaker, and I think the classic CB34s with the Concord purple—they yeah. don't use enough Concord purple the right way, and I'm kind of missing it now that I'm talking about it. <laughs> well, everybody, ladies and gentlemen, Kixie Jixie, thank you. We appreciate everybody for signing on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad that we kind of like made this happen. I was like. I, it's been a while, like between ending 2020 and trying to start a new 2021. It's been so, it's been a wild ride, I think, for everybody trying to end 2020 and begin a 2021. But in actuality, we're still an extension of 2020. Exactly. So I was like, oh my God, I, I, I need to make this happen. So I'm glad that we did and we were able to. Thank you. All we'll right. catch everybody next Friday. Peace, everybody. Peace. Peace.